0: What can we expect from Kalen Addison and Marco Rossi for 2022-2023? We attempt to get to the bottom of that question today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Lockdown Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we dive in to what to expect from Kalen Addison and Marco Rossi this season with State of Hoppy from the Soda Pod. We'll take a look at the season at large as well. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer with well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams and now gearing you up for the regular season you're on Lockdown Wild, and I'm joined by my friend, State of Hoppy of the Soda Pod. And uh, as you can see in the background, he's got the 59 jersey. That's not going anywhere. And uh, so, Hoppy, welcome to the show. Uh, it's been too long since the last time we had you on. But uh, obviously, Addison's going to come up today. But uh, it's just—it's great that we are in the, the week of the start of the NHL season. It's finally here.
1: I don't know. I, I heard rumors that on Saturday, the uh, Wild had their first regular season game. Uh, I can't even keep a straight face saying that. What's going on, man?
0: So, yeah, that, um, that just is a good spot for a laugh. I, and that's just a great inside joke. So, anyway, um, we got two guys that made the roster that we've been campaigning for the entire preseason, all of training camp. They made the team. Kalen Addison and Marco Rossi. We're going to start with your favorite player on this team, Mr. Addison. And obviously brings a lot to the table. He's got a lot of great skills. But for those wild fans that maybe have uh, not been keeping up to date with what, uh, what Addison brings to the table... What is he going to bring to this team? What can he help this team with the most as we gear up for 2022-2023?
1: I mean, the short answer is offense, right? And obviously it's not that simple, but uh, just to to break it down for everyone, and this will probably lose me a ton of credibility, and I I don't give a shit. um, Pittsburgh Penguins fan through and through, have been forever. Obviously cover the wild and absolutely – Nothing would make me happier than Wild versus Penguins in the Stanley Cup final. Go to game seven. Hey, see what happens. But uh, that, that puts me in a unique situation here where I have been all in on Kalen Addison since the day he was drafted, mostly because uh, Jesse Marshall of The Athletic covering the Pittsburgh Penguins, who is an incredible writer. the The way that he goes about it, Seth, the way that he incorporates video throughout and explains what you're seeing, guy kills it. And he came on the soda pod towards the end of the year or end of the season this past year and talked about Kayla Addison in part and flat out said, you know, what he kind of posted the day he got drafted because everyone knows Pittsburgh Penguins were notorious throughout their campaigns to try and win Stanley cups for just throwing out first round picks like they were candy. And I'll, I'll never forget jesse marshall tweeting this is how you trade away your first round pick and still get a first round pick taking kalen addison i believe he was 53rd overall if i'm not mistaken but like this guy just had the offensive pedigree to a t obviously at the time there were certainly question marks about his defensive play how he would round out physically because i mean I don't know if you've heard, Seth, but he's like 5'2 on a good day, <laughs> the way people like to talk about him. Um, him and Middleton being paired together, it's, it's definitely going to be just like kicking and screaming. They're going to form the mega person. But, no, for real, like, I'm going to steal this from Spoke Z, our boy. He is the same height, has the same measurements as Kale McCarr. I am not comparing him to Kale McCarr. But if you're going to come at me and say, oh, he's too small to play in the NHL, like, I'm just not going to hear it. I'm sorry. And is there room for him to grow his game? Absolutely. He hasn't even played a season in the NHL yet, but Caelan Addison, the way that he sees the game, right? It's the vision. Like, yes, crisp, tape to tape, hard passes. Guy can move the puck, transition out of the defensive zone, but you put him on that power play one as the quarterback, that is going to just dramatically change the way that that's facilitated. And don't get me wrong. Like, who's a better defenseman? Jared Spurgeon or Kalen Addison? It's Jared Spurgeon. Kalen Addison as a rookie, I'm confident is already leagues better than Jared Spurgeon for facilitating a power play. So just that alone, right? With a team that had such an issue with special teams, we saw it really rare its head in the postseason, but even throughout the regular season. That's going to make a huge difference. And just having a guy that's probably going to play in the third pairing for a lot of the year, barring an injury, just having someone that you're confident out there, like he's not going to be a huge liability defensively, but also like he can get the puck up ice and get you transition the other way. And that's something that's like just so undervalued by the general fan today. I want a big bruising defenseman or I want to have Roman Yossi or Kale McCarr. Like, sorry, like you're not going to find many of those.
0: Yeah, it's and I think the great thing about it too, and I, I talked about this for both of them, just in wrapping up the preseason, mm-hmm. is that it's not a situation with Addison where he was, you know, just handed a spot like the last couple of years. I think people have been campaigning to see him up at the NHL level, but there just always seemed like there was a blockage in front of him with the the decor that this team had. Dmitry Kulikov now gone and. Bill Guerin came into the season and said, hey, there's a spot available for him if he earns it. And to Addison's credit, like you said, is going to help invigorize that uh, that wild power play. Um, He looked he looked good all preseason. He earned that spot.
1: He did. And let's be real, too. Right. Obviously, me being slightly biased in the way of Addison (laughs) like I would have loved to see him get more time last year but I do think that playing down in Iowa was huge for him from a confidence building perspective letting him go down and kind of be the man on the blue line and let's be real man he was kind of a lunatic down there like the pims that you saw from that guy the scraps he was starting the things that he was saying to people like I love that <laughs> I absolutely love it especially again with him being like 4 foot 11 that that's just like you love to see it from that little, you know, squirrely kind of guy, but I'm with you. I think he's going to invigorize this offense. um, Just looking at what he brings again, five on five or power play, but uh, there's definitely a lot still to be seen here, right? Like how can he develop and step into a more defensive game? Like how does that come along this season? Where does he fit? Right. Because depending on like who he fits with for a line mate, how things kind of go through the season, like, does it make Matt Dumba expendable? Does it, you know, put us in a situation where this is a guy that can rise the lineup? Like we we don't know that yet. I'm just thrilled that he earned his spot. He's on the team. And in a weird way, because I, I actually love the number fifty nine. I kind of love that he changed his number to two because all the people that are just starting to recognize they're gonna go out and buy that number two jersey. I'm gonna be the only one wearing the OG fifty nine and be like, Yeah, that's right. I knew.
0: You, uh, you had it before anybody else? That's
1: I bought it the day that they announced what his jersey number was <laughs> last year. I, I kid you not. So the only time I've ever had that happen was that and the day that Jason Zucker was traded for him to Pittsburgh because I love Jason Zucker. I've already noted that I'm a, a big Penguins fan. So literally the second that trade happened, I'm like, yep, done.
0: Got it. Got it. Oh. Well, good. Um, another player who earned his spot is the guy that a lot of us wanted to see last year and now we get a chance to see. So a similar theme for, uh, for both of these guys that of course is Marco Rossi and so we will continue taking a look at how the kids can help the Wild in 2022-2023 as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is another new flavor. Are you ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Allow me to introduce you to your new favorite, cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, they're healthy as well. They are only 160 calories and have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So sprint as fast as you can to Built.com to snag yourself a box before they run out. If you miss out on these, you are going to regret it. So head to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at Built.com. Com. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wilds. Once again, we thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And Lockdown Wild listeners, along with all of our other Locked On Sports Minnesota shows, you can find us on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage, 24/7, and absolutely free of charge. So make sure to download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Seth Topal joined by State of Hoppy of the Soda Pod, talking about some of the youngsters that can help this wild team this season. Marco Rossi, another guy who earned his spot. I don't know if we quite expected him to lead the NHL in points in the preseason with nine, but I, I noted... Pretty much all preseason, it just it seemed like Rossi had just this almost terminator-like business-like approach to the preseason. Like he was here, he was getting a spot, and there just was no two bones about it. What did you see from Rossi during the preseason that was encouraging as he um, worked his way into uh, a spot on this roster?:
1: I mean, I don't want to oversimplify it, but he just fit it. Right. Like, it wasn't even that he like popped or flashed in any way. It's that he just like didn't look like he didn't belong. And I'll even raise my hand. Like, I know a lot of people are like pitchforks over him being on the fourth line. Now, if he plays in the fourth line all season, I'm absolutely with you people. Like, I know like Russo's even come out and said, like, listen, coaches know what they're doing. Like, who are any of the fans to challenge it? I will say I've seen firsthand like the perfect example for me is Benoit Pouliot. The wild absolutely ruined that player. They basically buried him on the fourth line and then he leaves to go to Montreal guy gets put on the first line and torches puts up like 70 points. Like uh, now the one thing I want to emphasize here is that's an entirely different Minnesota wild regime. Like just because it happened with the wild 15 years ago doesn't mean it's going to happen with the wild today. Like everyone likes to throw out, like, oh yeah, the historical record in the playoffs between the wild and the flames. Like why do I care what happened <laughs> 10 years ago in that matchup when like none of the players are still here. Right. And I, I want to reassure the fans. You should feel the same way. Like I'm very okay with Rossi starting the season on that fourth line, especially with the understanding of the guys he's going to play with doer and do It's going to be a really interesting fourth line to throw into the mix, but also knowing that he's going to get some power play time. And I'm sure get some spot starts on different lines just as like a little different look and he'll be the first guy that's looked at if someone gets hurt but for me again he looks like he belongs he looks comfortable after a year off from myocarditis like that's a big deal people don't realize like he might not have come back and played hockey ever again now we know the draft pedigree like seth you were on our draft show like you are every year with the crew we lost our absolute minds when Rossi fell to the wild at nine that year. We know what we have here in the player. It's really just trusting Bill Guerin in the path to grooming him into what he should be. And that's a true top six center in the NHL. I, I really like just like he, he's not a guy that I look at and say, here's the one thing Marco Rossi does. He has a very balanced and rounded game. And that makes him a really good candidate to kind of go up and down the lineup and fit into different places, anywhere from one to three, once he kind of gets through this initial, you know, invigorizing with the (laughs) NHL. Uh, (laughs) But I just like, you'll never, and I'm sure we'll run the tape back and you'll laugh at me in like two years when I come up with something else, but like, I don't see a way that there's a pair of prospects that get indoctrinized into the NHL squad for the wild that I'm more excited about than Marco Rossi and Kalen Addison, both immediately and long-term like these are cornerstone players. If they're developed right. And if you treat them as such, doesn't mean that they need to be number one guys right away. Kalen Addison, third pairing Marco Rossi on the fourth line. That's okay. But deploy them where you need to Kalen Addison if he is taken off of the first power play for anything short of him just looking lost out there, I'm going to be pretty upset. Yeah. Marco Rossi, if he's not finding other ways to get on the ice, if he's not being incorporated with the second power play unit, Hey, maybe even throw him into the first and just give it a different look. Who knows? But just like finding creative ways to deploy these guys and making sure that you're capitalizing on their strengths and you're not hurting their development by saying, yeah, come out here and play 10 to 12 minutes a night instead of going down and just owning 25 minutes a night for Iowa, like that's what I want to monitor and care about. So uh, it, th- again, there's nothing that I look at Rossi and say like, oh, here's where he crushed it in the preseason. It's more, you know, if the Wild just won the president's trophy for the preseason, I'm pretty sure Marco Rossi's in the discussion for the heart. We obviously know that he won the Art Ross. Yeah, you know, that, that, that goes without saying the Art Rossi. Ooh, we're going to have to change that baby. Hey, oh, there's the next locked on wild graphic. Aww. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm very excited about both these players, and I have been a long standing proponent for like, don't you dare put an elite prospect like that on the fourth line. If he's there in December, I'll be bummed out. If he's there in February, I'm going to be pissed off. But for the first couple months of the season, just let him go through the process, Billy Guerin knows more than any of us do, well, and the
0: other thing too is it it's not it's not a situation like the Colorado Avalanche per se where you are like there just is no feasible way that Rossi is going to be able to elevate i mean it, Sam Steele is the center for the boldy line for now, and He's going to get he's going to get a look from this team to see if he is capable of being a guy who benefits from a change of scenery. If that doesn't end up working out the way that the Wilds hope it does, that's that is going to happen this season and it probably will anyway. So it's it's just a matter of kind of just seeing how early in the season, seeing how things look you're going to be making changes to the lines anyway when Jordan Greenway comes back, so it's not like any of this. It's not like any of this is set in stone or steel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. Um, it's not like I, any. Th- I don't
1: know, Seth. That hurts after our uh, too many points pick last week on <sighs> the Straight Hash Homie Show. Uh Steel did not treat us well. No. I still think it was too many points, but
0: well, neither did Detroit, neither did any anybody. Um
1: <laughs> Oh shit.
0: Yeah, so it, it'll be these lines will play as long as they're playing well. If they're not playing well, they're gonna get moved around and I would be shocked if Rossi's on the fourth line by the end of the season. We'll we'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, and it, it's interesting too, like we'll go verbal meme here, Seth. We go back to uh, the Joker in his finest hour with uh, the Dark Knight, and him just going in, breaking the pool cue, dropping it in. We're gonna have tryouts. Like that feels like that's what Billy Garen's doing here. Yep. Like, There's so many guys throughout this lineup that they got the dog in them. They've all got something to prove. Like you look at these high draft pedigree players. Ryan Hartman on the first line. You've got Tyson Jost on the second line. You've got Sam Steele on the third line. These are all players that were taken in the first round, have that caliber of like potential offensively. Let's throw them in, put them in a good situation. Cause really any of those first three lines, like obviously playing with Caprizov and Zuccarello is a very different beast, but like you're not playing with bad line mates throughout that top nine. Right. Let's see what they can do. Let them fight for it. Maybe Greenway comes back and he's expendable and he's a guy that we can trade for really good value and move three million off the books. Like that's not something that I think will happen, but that's not like a world that I can't foresee. And I just think it's really interesting. Like the players that are there, like you said, Rossi, he could literally play on any of the four lines. Yep. Like I like Sam Steele, He could elevate in the lineup or he could prove to be, Hey, you know what? I am what you saw last year with the ducks, Tyson Jost, a ton to prove contract year. He's been so beaten down by being the fourth line, like punching bag for the Colorado Avalanche fans are coming after him here after they win the cup. Like this guy is going to come out on fire and I'm so excited for it. I want, I want him to prove everyone wrong. And guess what? If he doesn't, whatever, this is his last year, Bill Guerin moves on no hard feelings, but he's going to get be given every chance to prove that he is who he says he is.
0: And You know, the the numbers thing with this line, these lines all play. First, second, third, fourth is just for numerical order. We saw it last year. The fourth line played in some absolutely crucial spots in particular games because they brought the best energy that night. Dean is going to ride with whichever of these lines is playing the best and giving him what he's looking for any given night. So you're going to see all these guys get opportunities all season and – I think it's going to be a particularly successful one, but we'll discuss that a little bit more as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wilds. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wilds your first listen each and every day. And uh, for your second listen, make sure you check out the Soda Pod and all of the amazing content that they offer all week long. We mentioned Straight Hash Homie, uh, which uh, has more of a Vikings flavor to it. But uh, plenty of hockey content as well, not just wild. College hockey, prospects, all of it can be found at the Soda Pod. So make sure to uh, check them out. Give them a follow on all of their social media platforms and on YouTube too. Don't miss it because uh, it's elite, as, uh, as the kids say. So 2022-2023, 2022-2023 Wild season. Where do we think this season? Let's let's just go piece by piece here. I, I don't know if this will be as wins wise as successful of a season as last year, but Hoppy, I'm of the belief if this Wild team improves in the areas that were lacking in the postseason, it may not win as many games. The Wild may not win as many games as he did last year, but will probably be in a better position to win a playoff series. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and I mean, to your first point, right? Like, it's just like outrunning a bear. Like, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just got to be faster than the slowest person. And the Wild, to your point, right? Like, they had a historic season last year. There's obviously been changes to the roster, some good, some bad, some that we're not sure about. And this is a team that, in a weird way, like, I kind of view the Wild as the safest team in the Central, with the exception of the Avalanche, right? Like, I've kind of been on record here saying that the Avalanche are clearly the best team. Yeah. The Arizona Coyotes and Chicago Blackhawks are clearly not in the conversation. I think the other five teams could end in any order, and I have no clue what to make of it. So the the wild are the safest pick, right? Like if you just want to say, who do I know is going to make the playoffs? I'm probably looking to the wild, maybe the predators as being the safe picks, but you look at the upside for some of these teams, the Winnipeg Jets are a team that drastically underperformed last year. Like coming in, I think I had them as the number two team in the central. They could not have made me look dumber for that. But they still have the pedigree. They have a top five goaltender in Connor Hellebuck. Their top six at forward might be better than any top six in this division. Like, there's an argument to be had for that. Now, there's deficiencies on defense. Depth, like, there's some good, some bad there. And they got a brand new coach, which could be really good or really bad. We're not really sure how the bonus effect is going to play, but – That is a team that could beat the Wild. The St. Louis Blues, I personally am down on them this year. That's a team that I think overachieved last year. They had 10 players that qualified for star performances like compared to what was expected, and they lost a couple of them. They had plenty of guys that overachieved. I'm just not sure how I feel about this team. Like I like a lot of their players. I do. We got Tarasenko, who still doesn't fucking want to be there. We've got... uh, I'm sorry. Like, we saw what happened to the Wild, so it's hard for me to tell you this, people. Bennington is a liability. Come playoff time, I'll roll the dice with him every time because he could win you several playoff series just on his own when he gets into the zone. Over the course of a regular season, that's a long time. The guy is a lunatic. He's psychotic. He wants to fight everybody, and he gets inside his own head, like, for fun. And I think... Billy Huso is going to be such a big loss for them because he was the stabilizing force. Like he was the reason that they did so well in the regular season. And guess what? Bennington took over in the playoffs and that's all well and good, but like losing him is a big deal to me personally. So I see the blues falling a little bit. Now, again, could they be the number two team in this division? Absolutely. If things fall the right way, if Bennington has a great resurgent year, like there's so many things that could work in their favor, but I'm putting them towards the bottom personally. Like, I can go through this with every team if you want. I think the the Stars have one of the best first lines in the NHL. Top five. I think Rupe Hintz, Jason Robertson, and Joe Pavelski is absolutely electric. There's definitely question marks throughout the lineup. Yeah, Haskinen, arguably a top five defenseman in the NHL. We got Ottinger, who, like, wow, did he show us something in the playoffs? Is that real? Is it not? We don't know. And I think Peter DeBoer gets shit on way too hard that's a guy that's literally had way more successful teams than unsuccessful teams. He's made it to the Stanley cup finals on multiple occasions. And I think that the way he likes to coach kind of fits in. Okay. With how this team likes to play. So, or how I guess the makeup of the team and how they should play. Yeah. Generate offense from the blue line, clear up the scraps out front. That's literally Joe Pavelski's game, but I don't know. Like again, all of these teams could end up anywhere from two to six in the central. I just think the wild are like, if I had to pick a team to make the playoffs out of those five, I'm picking the wild, but I don't know that I'm ready to say, Oh yeah, they're the number two team in the division just because they're the safest.
0: Yeah. I, I like that. I like that notion because you know, you, you put them in the playoffs and you allow for some things to go, right. few things to go wrong. That could be the difference between, you know, being that two seed or being the 3 slash wild card one. I, I like that. I, I, I think that's 100% on um, with that. The, the thing that I look at is I feel like Jordan Bennington is that classic, like, everything's good as long as he's able to stay above water, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But if things start to – like, if the boat starts to, to take on water – it's over. yeah. Like he, he's not going to be able to get it back. So I, I like that thought on the blues. I, I think you nailed it. And so I'm just going to, I could go right up and down the board and say, I agree, I agree, I agree, but I'm just going to let that speak for itself.
1: Well, but here's, here's the fun conversation to have then like of those five, because again, we're wiping Colorado, get rid of coyotes, yeah. get rid of Blackhawks. Which team do you think has the highest upside? Like get rid of all the downside if everything plays out right, who is the best team of those five?
0: Boy, um i I'm gonna end up I would say either if if the jets get that like bounce back where they are supposed to be type performance. I'd put them up there. I mean, if the Wild get all the stuff that they're looking for this season to go well, I think, and it's not probably that all of it's going to, but if they get good, if they get good flurry, and if the special teams are both good, and they don't have any major injuries, it's a dangerous team.
1: I'm with you. And the other team I look at too, because I already said the Nashville Predators. Like I like their team. They concern me mostly because last year felt like a, a bit of a a reach too. Like yeah, Duchesne literally had a career year, Johansson and uh, Forsberg incredible years. Like Soros, I still believe in, but like maybe slightly overachieved. Achieved and then Yossi, like literally best season of his career. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I think any of them are going to be bad but to think that they're going to repeat what any of their individual performances were might be a stretch too. Now they added good pieces, right? Adding Ryan McDonough for your second pairing with at to be your shutdown pair. That'll work, especially because that continues to free up Yossi on the, you know, he's technically the first pair, but by designation with like how you're covering the other team, Yossi's running free and he's running gun. That's, that's great for him. Yeah, that's, that's incredible for his brand, right? And then you add a guy like Nino Niederreiter for depth. Like, this is a team that's got on the fourth line. Did you see that shot from Eli Tolvanen? Oh, my God. That is a guy that if things go right for him and he's playing in the top six, that's electric. Like, things could go very right for this team. And, hey, if they get repeat seasons or even build on some of the seasons that they had last year from individual players, National Predators are scary. Yeah. God. Like again, they're kind of in the the Minnesota Wild safe ground for me where like I'm not willing to ordain them because I do think there's some big regression candidates even if they still keep up good seasons, not like last year. So like them and the Wild are the teams I'm like they're both going to make it.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know
1: if they're the second wild card or the two seed in the central. I I don't know. Yeah. And I'm with you that the Jets are like the Jets and the Stars to me are like holy shit, they could be awful, or they could be rock stars. I don't know which. And Blues kind of fall in the same camp, too. So, like, I guess that's how we're dividing it, right? We got the safe teams of the Wild and Predators. I don't know where, but I see them both being playoff teams no matter how things roll out unless There's crazy injuries. And the other three, like, anywhere from two to six wouldn't shock me.
0: And, and I feel like with the Predators, too, like, Saros is great. It's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal goalie. But – they took what happened last year in the playoffs and losing him and they added Lankanen who is. he's okay. He's okay, but there's a big, there's a big drop between the two. And so then you're going to have to start winning games five to four every night. And can they do that?
1: In fairness though, I think most goalies or most teams that are going to compete for a Stanley cup, they're not going to have a backup goalie that can make up for that kind of a loss. Right? Like, there's some teams where it's not as big of a deficiency because they didn't have that great of a goalie in the first place, mm-hmm. a la Colorado Avalanche, right? <laughs> Which is why I don't think losing Darcy Kemper, like, while it is a downgrade to shift to Georgiev and Franzos, like, that doesn't concern me as much with them because he wasn't the reason that they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Like, there are other teams like that where it's not as big of a deal, but if you've got an elite goalie, chances are you don't have an elite backup yeah it's like
0: it's like losing your starting quarterback in the nfl you have a backup by name but it's not if you lose patrick mahomes you don't have If you
1: lose drew bledsoe and you have to throw tom brady (laughs) and this rookie who's like 150 pounds soaking wet drafted in the sixth round like he's not gonna do shit no
0: you're you're not gonna win a game (laughs) or
1: no but 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 in all seriousness like I I think that's a fair thing to point out though, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you have these great goals, I mean, even look at the wild, like not even goaltending, right? Kuro Kuro Kaprizov goes out for two months. I might not make the playoffs. Like that's a big deal, right? Which is why, I mean, I'm not the person that beats the drum for my players to be like heart candidates. Like otherwise I'd be yelling about Crosby every year, but like Kuro Kaprizov for what he individually contributes for the Minnesota wild and how important he is to their success. This is a guy that deserves more heart recognition in general. Now, he showed it last year. I think more people are aware. This is the year for him to come out and double down and prove it. Mm -hmm. Can he do what he did last year? Can he build upon that and drive the team even further? If so, and if he's not at least top five in the heart consideration, I'll, for once, side with Wild fans being pissed about, you know, end-of-year trophy voting, even though it's all nonsense because Mike Sullivan's never been nominated for a Jack Adams (laughs)
0: Oh uh, yeah! I'll die on that hill. <laughs> that's
1: I, there's no player that I'll defend. Mike Sullivan, I'll defend to my death.
0: Okay, yeah, that's the the voting for any awards or all stars or any of all that can just be thrown in the trash
1: uh, all- until Kaprizov wins the heart. Then it's the most legitimate yeah. thing that's ever happened. Then we're then
0: we're fine. Then we're okay. <laughs> then leave it as is and just repeat it. Just take all the same votes and repeat them again. So,
1: Now, okay, I, I got to ask you a question, if we're trying to wrap sure. up, we can make it quick, but Marc-Andre Fleury, in the Central Division, where does he rank for goaltenders, in your mind, going into the season? Now, I'm not talking ceiling floor. I'm talking, realistically, your expectation for output. where's he set?
0: I would put him – I'm going to put him in front of Bennington, but you've obviously got Saros – I'm gonna put Edinger probably and Hellebuck. I'm gonna put those three in front, and then I'll go Flurry, and then uh, Bennington, whatever Chicago has in Arizona have. So he's. I'm putting you him in
1: mid- Colorado. Where are they?
0: They're below. I put them probably below, below or even with Bennington.
1: See, I I think Bennington, Flurry, and whoever. Rises to the top with Colorado. I think they're all kind of in a blender there. I think you nailed the top three. I yep. think Ottinger, I think Hellebuck, and I think Saros. Like, those are the three that lead the class. Mm-hmm. After that, like, looking at ceiling and floor, too, right? I know I said don't, like, worry about ceiling and floor. But, like, these are very volatile goalies. Like, at their best, they are all really good. At their worst, they're pretty bad. We've we've seen the good and bad with Flurry. We've definitely seen the good and bad of Bennington. And I, I guess the reason I'd maybe give a nudge to Colorado is because they've got two guys that I think Colorado is comfortable with. Yeah. I think I think both of them fall behind Flurry, but the combo of them is better than what we've seen so far from Flurry and Gustafson. Now if Gustavson can pop and he can be a true number two and like make us confident and like get almost more to like a 60-40 split for a percentage of games played then I'm totally down for bumping the wild up above them. And hey, maybe they even pop above one of the top three if one of those goalies falls off, because we all know goalies are voodoo. And just because they had an incredible year one year, they could totally fall off the face of the earth. Like, that That happens. But, yeah, I, I'd i put the wild somewhere in that four to six blender, and if I had to pick, I'd probably go five just out of, like, safety. But yeah.
0: I It's an intriguing question because – I feel like we're going to get a really good sense of where this team is at immediately as soon as this season starts, and we'll see if some of the stuff that has been talked about in the offseason, like having Flurry and Talbot who play basically polar opposite styles of goaltending, mm-hmm. we'll see how much that played into the defense not being on the same page. So a lot of this stuff, not knowing what we really have in Gustafson, flurry getting accustomed to playing with the wilds is gonna it's going to either be good or bad to start the year and by that point we'll know where we're at
1: yeah i think that's fair
0: it's it is single-handedly beyond special teams the biggest question for this team heading into the season and it's it's make or break
1: it's so funny though because i think there's like i think every aspect of this team is a question mark with the exception of the first line, and arguably the g line, right? Yeah. Like, those are sturdy. I don't know what our bottom six is. I don't know what our blue line is. I don't know what our goaltending or special teams is. But I look at all of them, and I see a ton of room to improve. I don't see any way that the special teams gets worse. So that's already, like, I'm chalking that as a win. So then it's really that bottom six, like, how that develops. Like, what is Sam Steele, like, what does Boldy do to drive the offense now that Fial is not there to be kind of his wingman? And how long does it take for Marco Rossi to ascend to his rightful place? That's gonna dictate a lot of what happens for the wild this year. And figuring out how the blue line gets rotated in, like, that's still kind of confusing to me. But we got the personnel there. We can figure something out. It's just can Dino put the pieces together? But yeah, I'm with you. The the goaltending, if I if I have to rank these Questions, I think the uh, potential output of the goaltending could invigorize the entire state of hockey.
0: <laughs> got one more in before we, uh, before we call it a night. Um, the one thing that I will just wrap up with, Hoppy, is I just I like how we got through the preseason, and it seemed like, for the most part, it was a pretty quiet preseason like there's not a lot of other than the questions that we had going into the season that we kind of maybe got some answers to no additional injuries no like hey this line all of a sudden looks terrible like what's going on here so it, it for the most part the preseason showed what I think we needed to see and beyond that there was nothing additional added into it
1: I mean, this is a smart-ass answer, but I also do partially believe it. The fact that we only got to watch half the game <laughs> probably limits the extent to which the idiots online can come in and, like, comment, like, Oh, did you see that shit from Rossi? He's such a bust. Like, taking away opportunities for people to be critics makes it less eventful.
0: There's the mic drop. There we Fuck go.
1: you, Ballet Sports. <laughs>
0: And that will wrap it up for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. As mentioned, make sure to follow State of Hoppy, Isha Jeromey, Spoked Z, and the rest of the cast at the Soda Pod for all of their content, not just Wild related, but their uh, beer adventures, as well as college hockey, Vikings related content as well. You can find all of it with the Soda Pod and make sure that you do give them a follow. That's in order. And... uh they are going to continue to crush the content all the way through the wild season. Uh, so uh, we hope to, uh, to see more of you, Hoppy, and the rest of the Soda Pot as well. Love these collaborations when we get a chance to do them. And so uh, let's keep them rolling.
1: Can't promise it'll make you smarter, but it'll be
0: a hell of a <laughs> ride. Uh, for Locked on Wild listeners, make sure you're following along all season long by following us on your favorite podcast platform, subscribing on YouTube, hitting the bell, ding for the notifications so that you don't miss out on any of our videos because we're going to keep you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild related every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network.